Good evening to everyone. Again, lovely being back with you. Uh, for those of you that weren't out in the morning, um, perhaps should explain. I'm the Reverend Donnie G. MacDonald. Uh, I minister up in the Isle of Skye, uh, congregation called Portree and Brackadale. And I'm down here in Dundee for the weekend. And it is my privilege and honour uh, to spend time in fellowship with you and also to bring uh, the Word of God uh, to you. This evening, I would like us to read together uh, the psalm that we've just been singing, Psalm 102. Psalm 102, if you have one of the uh, church pew Bibles, you'll find it on page uh, 604. So it's Psalm 102 on page 604. A prayer of an afflicted man when he is faint and pours out his lament before the Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I'm in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call and answer me quickly. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. Because of my loud groaning, I'm reduced to skin and bones. I am like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake. I have become like a bird alone on a roof. All day long my enemies taunt me. Those who rail against me use my name as a curse. For I eat ashes as my food and mingle my drink with tears because of your great wrath. For you have taken me up and thrown me aside. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You'll arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. For her stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will revere your glory. For the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He will respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his sanctuary on high. From heaven he viewed the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners to release those condemned to death. So the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem when the peoples and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord. In the course of my life, he broke my strength 
He cut short my days. So I said, do not take me away, O my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a clothing, like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded, but you remain the same and your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. This is God's word and he will bless it to us. The reason I have come to Dundee this weekend is, um, well, there's several reasons. One was I was wanting to come and visit uh, the work uh, that you're doing at Charleston. And it has been an absolute joy to, to meet with Andy and Karine and speak with them about uh, the, the work that they're doing. And it was a privilege to be there uh, this afternoon and to uh, worship uh, with the, the folk that are gathering there. And I would encourage you to continue to encourage them uh, in that work. They are doing a good work, and uh, I will continue to remember it very much in my prayers uh, when we go back uh, to, to Sky. The other reason uh, I was here in Dundee this weekend was because yesterday there was the um, camps day uh, where the various leaders of the youth camps met uh, here in St. Uh, Peter's to discuss uh, the youth camps that will be taking place uh, in uh, the, the, the summertime. And one of the things that I have found now when we have these uh, youth camps meetings is that I am increasingly feeling incredibly old. I, I consider myself still to be one of the young guys uh, in the church, and yet I'm beginning to realize that that is not how others kind of view you. Uh, indeed, I was at uh, Positively Presbyterian, the conference, um, a number of months ago, and as we're sitting at a table, I thought I was sitting with a peer, a colleague, a contemporary, and we're discussing something, and he says to me, Donnie G, that's what we need. We need you older guys to remind us of these things. I was quite uh, taken uh, aback. And, and likewise, it's only a few weeks ago that I was in Inverness. Uh, I, I should say, perhaps to Connor and Mary, I know you said maybe Inverness or Northern Ireland, but the Isle of Skye is a lovely place to live. Uh, and when you come back, uh, we really do need midwives and accountants. And Mary, you're from Harris. My granny's from Scalpy. We're virtually family, and we will welcome you uh, home anytime. But anyway, I was in Inverness, and uh, I went into this place, have something to, to eat, and uh, there was this lady with her baby. I thought, I remember you when you were a baby, and here you are now, you know, with your own child and family and, and, and so on. 
I was listening also to the radio at that same time as I in the car a lot and I was hearing that it was a sports program I'm not particularly as you can probably tell a, a sporty person uh, but I was listening to the radio and it was a, a football program and I if I remember rightly it was somebody from uh, the um, coaching squad of Everton football club and talking about how he was feeling quite almost depressed because uh, now that he's in the coaching staff that he, he's actually you know, training people who weren't born when he was a football player and how difficult it was when he was seeing contracts being signed and the dates of birth were from the year 2000 onward. And I thought, I, I get that feeling. I understand that feeling. More so, I think it hit me again at New Year time. Um, we had all the family together at New Year. Uh, we gathered in, in, in my house, and it, it brought me back to when I was much younger. I'm one of the people that has to speak about being much younger rather than much smaller, uh, because I've always been small. But uh, when I was much younger, um, we used to gather in my, my grandparents' uh, house in uh, the village of Dunvegan on the Isle of Skye. And it always used to confuse me as a child because there was this kind of excitement about being New Year. But as we got closer and closer to, to, to um, the, the bells, the, the midnight, there seemed to be this strange kind of atmosphere that descended on the, on, on the room. People would get quieter, more kind of introvert in a way. There would be this kind of strange thing where as it came to midnight, and especially when the, the bells went, people went and congratulated each other, I, I could see the older folk, my, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, my, my parents, and, and they would get quite tearful, quite solemn, and I didn't get it, I didn't understand it. But now that I'm one of the older people, I get it, I understand it. And now my children, they will see me getting kind of, I don't know, maudlin weepy, tearful, because I'm reflecting on the years, and I'm thinking about the experiences, good and bad, the times when there was real blessing, and yet the times when there was real pain. I'm thinking about the people that are no longer with us, and all the memories come flooding back, and you're thinking about the, the future, and about what it'll hold. As a minister, you're thinking about the people in your congregation and all that they're going through and the hurts and the, 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 the burdens that they're carrying and it all becomes almost overwhelming and suddenly I understand these Hogmanay tears. There's something almost quite disconcerting about the passing of time and the changes that the passing of time kind of brings. You can't put the brakes on it. You can't halt the changes. You can't hurry uh, the dreams. Time just kind of marches on at its own pace and we're carried along with it. And it can be at times a bit unnerving. And in some ways, that's the kind of thing I want to look at when we consider Psalm 102. Here we have a man who is feeling a bit vulnerable, unnerved, 
despite changes and circumstances and situations that he's having to face, things that he, he's not really in control of. The, the marching of time is going on and changes are happening and situations are developing and he, he's feeling just a wee bit kind of in, insecure with it all. And hence the title of the psalm. A prayer of an afflicted man when he is faint and pours out his lament uh, before the Lord. This is, if you like, a man in this world facing his circumstances and crying out to his God in heaven. And as he does so, he, he kind of reflects on perhaps again, three things. He's reflecting on himself as a creature. He's reflecting on something of creation. And he is thinking about his creator. And that's the three things I would like us to, to, to look at together this evening. First of all, as he reflects on himself as a creature, there's perhaps two things in particular that really kind of stands out. The first is that he is really affected by circumstances, so much so that he is crying out to God, hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I'm in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call and answer me quickly. What is it about the circumstances that he is in? Well, I think that the thing that really is striking is that there are circumstances over which he has no control. He, he does not feel there are circumstances that he can manage or he can change in any way. And we would be speculating to, to, to say what the circumstances actually were. There could be numerous things. The way he speaks here, it could be some kind of illness that he's, he's going through. He, he speaks about how his appetite is gone. He's forgetting to eat his food because of his loud groaning. I'm reduced to skin and bones. It, it could be something along these lines. There clearly are things to, to do with relationships. He, he, he speaks about the, the, the problems that he's having with, with folk around him and their attitude to him and their treatment of him and how he responds to that. This is something difficult. And because of that, he, he, he's saying about how he feels so kind of alone. I'm like the desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake, I've become like a bird on, on, on the roof. It's, it's a very lonely experience for him. Whatever it is he, he's going through, it's like there's nobody there with him to help him or to support him. It could be a time of actual attack. Again, it, it, it's, if it is David or, or one of the Psalms, it, it, it almost maybe feels it is a time of conflict or a, a time of war. It, it could be something along these lines. But whatever it is, maybe it, it's good that we don't know 
Because we can relate to perhaps some of these things when we go through times of illness or relationship problems, of times of uh, conflict or, or friction, times when we feel uh, alone and unsupported. We, we understand these kind of feelings and situations. But whatever it is, see how it affects them. Look, look at all the I sentences that are in here. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. Verse 7, he says, I lie awake. Verse 9, he speaks about how he cries, I mingle uh, my drink with tears. Verse 11, he's saying, I wither away like grass. So the circumstances are really affecting him quite intensely. And you really get the feeling this is not a pleasant time. So that's the first thing. He's affected by circumstances. But also as a creature, as he reflects himself as a creature in this situation, he realizes that he is so limited in time. He, he has the sense of his own kind of mortality. And he sees his life as being really kind of vulnerable and brief. To the extent that when he measures his life, he measures it in days. Look at verse 3. My days vanish like smoke. Verse 11. My days are like the evening shadow. Verse 23. He broke my strength. He cut short my days. Uh, verse uh, 24. For again, oh my God, in the midst of my days, your years go on through all generations. He, he's seeing his life as being so limited, so brief. You sang happy birthday to a gentleman in the congregation this morning. I'm not sure if he's here this evening. I think the suggestion was that he was uh, 88 uh, years old. Um, I'm not expecting you to, to sing uh, to me, uh, but uh, today I am 19,800 days old exactly. I'm sad enough to have done the calculation. 19,800 days old. It doesn't seem that long. And when I think of it, I'm at least two-thirds of the way through what would be a kind of general life expectancy. The psalmist, to bring out how he's viewing his life here, not only speaks about days, but he gives to us pictures, illustrations, so we understand where he's coming from. In, in verse 3, he speaks about his days, they're like vanishing like a smoke. Again, I realize that coming from Tuchterland rather than from the urban setting here of Dundee, that maybe this means more to me. I, I think of the houses and sky. I think of the smoke coming out the chimneys, and you, you see the smoke, and then it just kind of disappears. Perhaps more uh, vivid for yourselves with the idea of when you go home tonight and you think, I'll have a cup of tea, and you stick on the kettle, and you see the steam coming out of the kettle, and there it is, but then it kind of disappears. The psalmist saying, that, that's what my life is like. It's kind of there, but then it's kind of 
disappearing, it's vanishing. He further goes on to speak about, my days are like the evening shadow. He's saying, you know what it's like when you're, the sun is, is, is beginning to set, but you see your, your shadow and it's there. I can see mine here right now. But you, you see the shadow, but as the, the, the sun begins to set, that the shadow just seems to slowly disappear. He says, that's what my life is like. It's like f- fading away. I wither away like the grass. Often this is an illustration in Scripture where like the grass uh, of, of the field, where like the flower in the field that is there one moment and the next moment is cast into the oven or like the flower that just withers and fades. You, you get the picture. He's saying, as I view myself as a creature, I see how I am so affected by life circumstances and I see how limited I am in time. I look at myself and I see somebody who is rather puny and powerless in the face of all this. The second thing that he's reflecting on is not just himself as the, the creature, but on creation. He is awed at the vastness of creation, at the world and the universe around him. We see this often in the Psalms, don't we? Psalm 8 with David saying, I look up into the heavens. I see the work of your hands. It's incredible. I I see the stars in the sky. I think of the planets up there. I think of this whole universe that you have made, and it's absolutely awesome. Here, in this particular psalm, the the, the writer of of the psalm is looking at the earth, and he is saying, when I look at the earth, do you know what I see? I, I see an earth where God has given it foundations, So that is that here he is, puny and powerless. But compared to his life, the the created order around him seems to have something that's a bit more solid, a bit more lasting. It's got foundation to it. I I don't know the the, the geography of the area around you here. I couldn't tell you to my shame what are the hills and so on about you. But, you know, I was privileged. I was born in Fort William at the, uh, not literally at the foot of Ben Nevis, but do you know what I mean? Uh, where he saw Ben Nevis, it was there. It was part of the landscape. At the age of six, went up to the Isle of Skye to live with my, my, my grandparents after the passing of my mother. We went up there, and when I look out in my grandparents' window, you would look straight over to the McLeod's tables, beautiful hills with glorious flat tops. And out the other window, you saw the, the whole of the range of the Coolins, just majestic and powerful and something quite beautiful and stunning about them. And they, they just seemed so kind of permanent, so secure, and certainly compared to puny, powerless self. And there's an element in which the psalmist is, is, is saying, look, Lord, you are the one who from the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. This is fantastic. But as he thinks further about the created order, He realizes that even if they are strong, and to coin a phrase, stable, compared to himself, that even they, they will perish, he says. They will wear out like a garment. 
Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be disregarded. He's saying even this world is subject to decay and change. He's saying even this created order is something that ultimately will also vanish away. Now, this is something that is very much... uh, in current thinking, we, we, we look around and we, we're very aware of how we're using up the world's resources and the impact that that is having uh, upon our lives and upon our communities and uh, upon our people. We're very conscious of the sometimes heated discussions, again, if you pardon the pun, heated discussions about climate change and global warming. And I know people have different ideas uh, about it, but nevertheless, we are seeing strange things, disturbing things. The fires in Australia, which we continue uh, to remember in our prayers and giving thanks to God for the rain that has come in certain areas. We think of other parts of the world where there is almost inexplicable levels of flooding and the way in which that is destroying communities and uh, land. Reading even last week, I think it was, a week before, uh, an article where they were talking about how uh, incredibly near the summit of uh, Mount Everest there was now grass growing. And we're seeing that there is evidence of things changing. Uh, things are happening. And sometimes people have got these doomsday scenarios where they're saying, you know, it's just all gone too far and we're almost at the point of no return and that everything is going to be uh, destroyed. That is not an alien kind of message to us as Christian believers because we know that this present created order is only temporary. We know that the created order is groaning, waiting for the sons and the daughters of God to be revealed. Go to the end of Second uh, Peter, and it will speak about how ultimately the created order is going to be burnt up with fire. It's going to be uh, destroyed. So we know all these things. Yes, that we are puny and powerless and that the created order around us ultimately will also perish, wear out, change, and be uh, disguarded. And this then brings us on to the psalmist thinking about the creator. And when he thinks about the creator, he sees that he stands out in stark contrast to the creature and to creation. And he brings out this contrast using two very simple words. But you. Look at verses uh, 11 and 12. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, Sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. Then again, you go to uh, verse 26 and 27, talking about the created order. They will perish, but you remain. 
They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. What is he reminding himself of? He's reminding himself that he, puny and powerless, in this temporary world order, that he can look to this great almighty God. And this almighty God is over all. You sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You know, it is often the case, perhaps maybe always the case, in Scripture that when God's people are feeling vulnerable, when they're feeling insecure, when they're feeling weak, when they're feeling they don't have the strength, when they're feeling, as we talked partly about this morning, not having the resources, they're often directed towards a sovereign God to be reminded that He is the Lord Almighty and that He is ruling over all things and that He is controlling all things. Again, we don't have time to go through it bit by bit, but in the psalm, you, you begin to see he is going through speaking about a God who is in control of all circumstances, the good and the bad, and that he is a God who's not being limited by time, and he's not being affected by these circumstances. He is the almighty, sovereign God of heaven and of earth. Indeed, this is why often I and no doubt maybe yourselves will turn to Psalms like Psalm 121. You know, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the creator of the heavens and the earth, this great almighty God. That's where I look and that's where I find my strength in all situations and circumstances. He is over all. He is controlling all. And there's something here also, I think, that brings out a God who is, well, dare I say, loving all. Verse 13, you will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it's time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. The Lord will rebuild Zion appear in his glory. He'll respond to the prayer of the destitute. He'll not despise their plea. He isn't this distant, faraway, uncaring sovereign God. He is the God who is looking in love and in mercy, who has a purpose, who has a plan, who is hearing the cries of his people, who is drawing alongside them. And even when they think everything is just so dark and desperate and despairing, he is building up and he is doing a good thing. He is the God making all things work together for the good of those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. Not only is he over all, controlling all, loving all, he is outlasting it all. We said about the psalmist speaking and measuring his own life in terms of days. Look also at the contrast in which he speaks or the vocabulary that he uses to speak of God. He speaks of my days 
But when it comes to God, he says, your years. Do not take me away, O my God, in the midst of my days, for your years go on through all generations. Verse 26, they will perish, but you remain. They'll wear out like a garment, like clothing. You'll change them, and they'll be disregarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. Three times over, he speaks about God's years. He's trying to emphasize, look, yeah, we are so temporary, but he is the eternal, forever God. And therefore, where does he, the puny, powerless creature, find his strength and his hope? He finds it in his great creator, the Lord God Almighty. But if you really want to understand this psalm, truly want to understand it, there's somebody that you must meet. Because this psalm talks about him. To ask you, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 1. And in Hebrews chapter 1, we meet there Jesus Christ the Son of God. And we're reminded that through the Son that God speaks to us in these kind of last days, in our puny, powerless lives, in this decaying world and universe, that God speaks to us through His Son. And that His Son is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of His being, and that through His Son that He brought all things into being. It was through him he made the whole universe. But as you go through this chapter, it says about the sun, what is it God says? Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You've loved righteousness, hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says... And this is where he quotes Psalm 102. In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They'll all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They'll be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. The psalm is speaking about Jesus so if you want to understand the psalm, you've got to meet Jesus. Because in this fleeting world, our foundation is found in Jesus. In these mortal bodies, immortality is found in Jesus. And in the circumstances in an environment of death and decay, life and renewal is found in Jesus. He points us in the direction of our great King, Jesus. I know, he is saying, that like me, you feel powerless and puny. I know that in life circumstances, sometimes things are really difficult and hard. I know that you're in a world that is in bondage to sin and is decaying and ultimately will be burned up. And I know that all these things, when you really stop to think about them, can almost seem depressing and unnerving. But I point you in the direction of Jesus. 
Because there you will find foundation. There you will find life everlasting. There you will find renewal, even in the midst of all the darkness and the decay. My intention today, both morning and evening, is to do what I always want to do. It's just to point you in the direction of the one I love, Jesus. Our God, our Father, we pray that you would fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. We pray that day by day, we would live knowing that he is there with us, that he watches over us, takes care of us, guides us, leads us, protects us, never leaves us or forsakes us, but is with us always, even to the very ends of the age. We pray that you would help us more and more just to trust him, to rest in him, to know that underneath us are his everlasting arms that cannot and will not, shall not let us go. Lord God, we pray that in all things that we would seek to glorify our Christ, that we would give to him the glory and the honor and the praise, and that more and more he would capture our hearts. For we pray this in his name, for his sake. Amen.